Well, hey there, Story Fiends, and welcome to the podcast that still believes there are stories everywhere. This is Their Stories Everywhere with Aledria Hurt. I'm your hostess, Aledria Hurt, and this week we have R.M. Hamrick with us this week. So, hey guys. How are you today, Ms. Hamrick? I am doing well. Excited to be here. Cool, cool. So, I know you for two very different series is mm-hmm. <laughs> one was chasing a cure which is the first uh, 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 which was the one that came out first the chasing series and then we have adeline adventures which is an entirely different universe something completely different yes yeah, something completely different so since this is a the podcast about where do we get our stories from let's talk about how we got from one how did we get to the first one? And then how did we branch out and get to the second one? Okay. Yep. So Chasing a Cure and that trilogy was about zombies. And it was um, kind of my first venture into seeing if I could tell an interesting story from start to finish. Um, and I think there were... Um, For me, it was mostly I'd been ingesting and digesting a lot of zombie things, um, but it really wasn't touching on what I wanted to read about, which was zombies years into the future, what the society would look like 10 years after the zombie apocalypse. Um, And so that's really where those stories came about. Um, And then to go on from how do you end up writing about space opera, um, uh, space crew being ridiculous and goofy in space. Um, that was also kind of the same vein. It was, this is a story that I want to read that I can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I knew when I wanted to write a space adventure, I wanted to write it differently. I wanted to write it in a way that, um, so for mine, it's an all female space crew. Um, Because I really wanted to see how that would play out, the conversations, the banter, and just adventuring with a bunch of girlfriends rather than, um, you know, maybe just a microcosm of regular workspace where where it is Mm co-ed. So completely different stories, but the same theme of this is what I want to read and I can't find it. Okay, so that makes total sense. Because the reality is, we write what we want to read. Now, you also mentioned that it was partially because of what you were consuming early on with the Chasing series. So what do you consume in order to write Adelan then? Um, For Adelan, it is, um, it's a bunch, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I call it Golden Girls in Space. So Really, I'm getting things from, I, I grew up watching Star Trek and Stargate, um, kind of those, it, what are we going to, what sort of adventure are we going to go on this week? Um, and so that was sort of um, partially how the structure of Adeline Adventures came about was that they are sets of novellas. There are, um, I'm getting ready to release number nine next month, um, or this month, because I guess it's November 1st. Um, but they are short um, little consumables. Um, 
and so yeah what i do is it's it's a collection of um, space adventures like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and um, Guardians of the Galaxy, along with some of just the fun things like Golden Girls or Designing Women, things that um, are different kind of sitcom, a different kind of humor. Um, and then they've kind of melded together into Adelan Adventures. <laughs> so I know this is going to be like picking one of your children. But which one of the series do you enjoy the most? Um, I mean, I definitely enjoy Adeline Adventures for the fact that it can just go anywhere. Um, the Chasing series um, has a very cool universe, uh, but it feels very structured and where they are and what's going on. And I was very clear about like, sort of like that there were medical zombies and things like that. So there's a lot of rules um, in that series. Um, and there's a lot of emotional angst cause it's about, you know, death and um, regeneration and um, your obligations and relationships with people. Um, and then Adeline Adventures is just kind of a goofy thing. There's, there's a lot of friendship and a lot of um, love and laughter in it. So it's the one that I like to go back to and I can write endless stories on. Which is true because you've already got to number nine <laughs> <laughs> and we're still going forward. I heard a rumor that says that you're starting, that you're looking at an, a full on novel for Adeline at some point in the future. Yes. So, um, I've been writing them in sets in sets of threes. So uh, I'm finishing up another, I'm finishing up the third trilogy. So there, each adventure has its own little adventure, but there's like an overarching um, trilogy story in there. Um, so I was thinking for number 10, um, since that's a nice even number uh, to go ahead and write a full length adventure um, as kind of a, um, an exclamation point on, on a series of novellas. Oh, cool. So, okay. So we've got golden girls in space and we've got zombies in the near future. Mm -hmm. What else is there on your board? Um, so I have, this is my first six months of writing full time. Um, and I have been trying to, right now I've been working on a series that is gonna be under a different pen name um, and attempt to, um, to gather a different type of audience and to tell some different stories. So I am actually writing an alien romance um, series, uh, which will be under a different pen name, but it's sort of the same idea in that it is um, science fiction and sort of in my wheelhouse. So I'm excited about it. Cool, cool. So you say in your wheelhouse, what's your background? So my background is a lot of science. I went to Georgia Tech and um, got out with a degree in biomedical engineering. Um, wow. I, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I worked in the medical field for, for 10 years doing some combination of um, engineering and medicine. Um, and then it's just been um, a bunch of uh, math and problem solving and tinkering around the house and things like that, that has really uh, brought up like kind of a more of a scientific 
I guess, background for me. Um, but I'm also goofball. So um, Adelan Adventures with all of its hand wavy is is a perfect series and in combination for me. <laughs> hand wavy shout out to Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> that is that i i believe that coin is that term is coined by him hand waving possibly yeah around that era definitely yeah so that's the thing that we just kind of go we're gonna just pretend like this makes total sense yes yeah and i i do that with um adeline adventures a lot for example the faster than light travel which we all sort of need in a space adventure book otherwise it's just a bunch of floating around in dead space. Uh, for Adeline Adventures, it's likened to um, ink cartridges um, for your printer. So in order to, to get anywhere, you need to buy those ink cartridges and they have to be genuine. And if they don't work in your machine, like it's, there's a whole, um, you know, um, nightmare hair pulling hassle for it, but it's, um, but I've just likened it to, you know, something that we have to go through every day. <laughs> an ink cartridge making faster than light travel yes. ftl yes <laughs> so we've talked about what there is in the future we've talked a little bit about the past how is your writing going in the present um in the present so it is this has been sort of a I want to say it's a new journey for me, but it, I mean, it has been six months now. I'm like really like, I think next week is six months of full-time writing. Um, it has been, uh, I found that once I can get into a book and into the writing and it becomes routine, that's when um, I can really plow ahead. It's that whole beginning and ending of projects that um, always kind of slows me down. Um, just trying to, you know, either in the pre-planning stages or even in just the, um, I have a lot of trouble after the end of a project, um, mm. whether I um, celebrate it enough or don't celebrate it at all. Um, that, and there's that loss of, of knowing what I'm going to write that day, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of, comforting in the middle of a book and in the middle of a series but then as you're writing um because even like book you know even books eight and nine of Adelan they are is our new books but I've been with those characters for a long time you know I throw them in a situation and, and we know what's going on uh, but when it comes to a whole new universe that I'm building for the alien romance and the decisions I have to make for that um, that sort of thing really slows um, me down but the idea is that you have to make those decisions right um, so whether you make them while waiting to set up your writing process or you make them three drafts in they're gonna have to be made so mm -hmm. so yeah that is that is 100 true so do do you find that schedules and routines work better for you as far as that goes Definitely. Um, I think that's why I do better in the middle of a project because that schedule and that routine gets put in place. Um, I at least 
know some of my preferences. I'm a morning person. I wake up in the morning and I do uh, my morning pages where I dump out all my thoughts and feelings on what's going on with my life so that I can set it all aside to, to write creatively. And I try to do my words in the morning. And then, um, because in the afternoon, things just really start to, I don't know, fall apart. (laughs) Yeah. In the afternoon, it's almost like, it's like a doctor's office. You start to get further and further backed up the later in yes. the day it gets. Yes. So I am very much so one of those persons who asks for the first appointment of the day. because so, so I know that it'll get done. Yes. So you know it'll get done in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll be finished about the time they say you're supposed to be. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. So... What's home life like for you right now? What is, is it that family, pets? Yeah, um, right now it's sort of a transition period. I've um, moved in with a significant other and they have actually um, just started to work from home. So now we're both working from home. Um, you can see his setup right behind me. It's a small space. Um, so it has been interesting Um kind of piecing together what our day is going to look like, who does, you know, who does what chores, what's going on with that. Um, so it's been a transition period, but I've really enjoyed, um, it's definitely been amazing to write full time. Um, my, my day job wasn't necessarily, I, I wasn't necessarily working 40 hours a week when I had my day job, but there was so much um, bandwidth that was taken up um, and so much time needed for um, transition periods between working and recovering and then trying to, you know, write as not, you know, maybe it's a hobby or write as, you know, trying to make it as a business decision. So um, I've been really thankful for all of that extra time uh, because there is a lot of time involved that isn't writing that has to do with writing yeah there's a lot of there there's a lot of moving parts have you besides the writing part is there a particular part of the writing process that you really enjoy um I am I'm a big fan of editing I prefer to edit more than I prefer to to write even um because I like I think that puts you in a small minority (laughs) I like to, I like to fix things. And when it comes to, if it includes writing to fix it, I'm not that excited about it, but I will in a heartbeat, you know, tell myself what to do, tell future Rebecca what to do on a, on a manuscript and how to fix something. I won't necessarily fix it in the moment, but I'll, I'll tell myself what to do. Okay, cool, cool. So what have you got to share with us this week? What are sure. you, what's your reading for this week? So I figured I would read from um, Adeline Adventures. This is the paperback version of the first three books. Um, I figured I would just read a little bit of um, um, a Douglas Adams type uh, little pitch where he, um, and I do this in my stories, I copy him a lot in that um, there's a bunch of exposition just for a punchline, so figured I'd uh, share that with you guys. <laughs> okay. Well, comedy is not something that we see a lot of, so I'm I'm like all ears. Okay. 
All right. Frankie followed the determined woman's eyes to the jungle-like terrain surrounding the fuel center. Zimmer 1 was a small planet, and Frankie had wondered more than once if they had enhanced the planet with artificial gravity in order to make the place viable. It really wasn't much bigger than Pluto, which had been relegated to unplanetness by Earth scientists, and in the same year declared by galactic scientists to be the gold standard in planet versus other orbiting thing at all designation. Being the yardstick for planets was actually a promotion over the cold loneliness Pluto experienced but still the non-scientific community on Earth struggled with the supposed demotion. The ones who had endured this changeover were called millennials. These millennials had been forced to create and accurately scaled polystyrene models of their stellar system every year in grade school. Coincidentally, discarded polystyrene had taken over most of their planet. Once space travel became possible for the Earthlings, this ancient generation, who had become insanely rich due to never having bought a place in which to live destroying and destroying basic chain restaurants, paid to have dirt shipped to Pluto to bulk it up. This, of course, messed with planetary measurements, creating a discrepancy between the designation of planets before and after the Great Millennial Gratification Project. The destruction of multi-universal measurement systems cemented the millennial generation as the generation that had killed everything. Increasing the gravity of a planet was no easy task. The universe had a delicate balance, and like the arrival of a perpetually pregnant animal species, small things could have a considerable effect. For example, the Great Millennial Gratification Project changed the gravity of Pluto, pulling Earth, which was largely polystyrene at the time, farther from the sun, solving the planet's global warming problem. While millennials had saved their planet from melting into toxic, toxic polystyrene goo, they were still lambasted by one of the few remaining baby boomers. Oh, now the problem has just disappeared? Huh? Give me back my straws then, he was reported as saying from his oversized polystyrene recliner. While it worked out well for Earth, changing planetary orbits and gravity fields was not usually met with excellent results. To avoid having a planet collapse on itself and create a black hole, as had happened with Elon Musk 2 and Elon Musk 7, injection of heavy metals into the bedrock of a planet was always countered with an additional moon called a stabilitate. A poor choice of names, as stabilitates often cause rolling Earth formations, much like Earth's kombucha, kombucha oceans. Of course, this is all to say that when Frankie looked out and saw a bright verdant jungle undulating, she wasn't sure if it was a planet's tidal real estate or something extremely large moving through the trees. <laughs> so Elon that was, must go one. Uh, Elon must go one and seven. One and seven. Yes. So. <laughs> So that's what you have in Adeline Adventures, a bunch of silly millennial nonsense. Hey, at least at least you're having fun. That's the point, right? Absolutely. So Douglas Adams, as a sort of touchstone for a lot of us, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish and things like that from the 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 escaping dolphins and <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like oh but it sounds so much it sounds so fun when you're reading it yeah it's it's a, a large bit of absurdity for a little bit of truth yes it's a lot of absurdity for a little bit of truth but it is a it is a lot of fun mm-hmm I mean, as, as I have told people previously, my comedy bone is essentially broken. 
I don't, I don't know, know about that. Ever, you have a I great sense of humor. It's, I don't know if it's ever going to be repaired, <laughs> but a lot of comedy just doesn't strike me. So when I got Rats and Bolts the first time and I was sitting there reading it and I was I was actively chuckling to myself, I was like, okay, this is actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> this is actually funny because I'm very odd in that a lot of like outright comedic writing or comedians have a tendency to be like, I have that moment of, is this is really dumb? Why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so where did the idea for, other than Douglas Adams, the whole idea that it might be undulating real estate versus something moving through the trees, did you, how did you come to that idea? Hmm. So I think that part of that was, um, as you go on the story, you do find out that there are, there is something in the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a perpetually pregnant um, species of rodent that has invaded this planet that they're going to have to, um, to deal with. Mm. Um, so Part of it was, is the, the crew, one of the things I wanted to do was have a captain that wasn't a human. Because mm-hmm. in a lot of um, space adventures, um, you might have a whole bunch of different aliens that make up that crew, but it's always told, it's all, there's always some random human captain there that it's going to explain everything to you because it's in their, um, because you share the same perspective with them, right? You share mm-hmm. the same planet, the same history. Um, so if somebody else compares, um, it's hard to compare anything as an alien species to a human because you don't, they don't know what they're talking about. So part of that was setting down on this planet and having no idea what's going on um, and trying to reference that to, to the captain's point of view. So in the captain's point of view, yes, there might be something going on in those trees, but also because of this thing that the millennials did generations ago, part of earth rolls around, rolls along. Um, underneath the oceans so it could be something like that yeah the millennial gratification project it's like yeah. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that's great <laughs> so it has been fantastic to spend time with you I adore you you know I do <laughs> so before we go though let everybody know where they can find you online because they need to stalk you just like I do. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, so um, my website is rmhamrick.com. Um, and from there, you can get my books. Um, you can even get signed paperbacks from Etsy. Um, all those are linked there. Um, as for social media, um, I've been on Twitter a lot recently um, and connected with some of the writing community there. So at rmhamrick. Um, for Twitter. And then the biggest place you can find me is Patreon. Um, that is kind of where I've been um, chronicling for a couple of years now, this journey into full-time authorship. And that's kind of where all of these experiments and um, news announcements and kind of my, um, you know, 
emotional backstory goes on. Uh, so if you really want to get to know me, uh, that's that's really where I, I bear my soul. What's the address? The address is patreon.com slash rmhamrick. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, story fiends abroad, it has been a wonderful afternoon. It's great to always hang out with you. And as always, let us see what stories we can come up with before next week. Bye. Thank you for having me, Allie. You're welcome. <laughs>